Hello everyone, good to see you again. My name is Anne-Claire Mulman. Our website is cwowi.eu, Church Without Walls International. We are part of a worldwide network of house churches. If that is what you are looking for, what you are hungry for, go to our website. You can also go to another website, cwowi.org. Find a lot of information, a lot of videos and what can help you, uh, how to start a house church or how to get connected with us. Uh, so go there and go to our website. You'll find many uh, articles that can help you in your walk with the Lord to grow in Him in many different European languages. But today I want to talk to you about when we go through a hard time in our lives. And we oftentimes don't like to admit it because when you are a Christian, you have you must have a victorious life, right? When you don't have a victorious life, something is wrong with you. Or maybe you do not have enough faith or there is some sin in your life, maybe you might think. But be honest, we all go through hard times now and then. And that is quite normal, right? So, And that's okay, but it's it's okay to be transparent and to just mention it. And and uh, sometimes you feel like there's no way out, like you've hit, uh, hit a brick wall and you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go, what to say. Maybe you don't even know what to pray. And those emotions feel re- very real at the moment. And maybe others say, well, it's not as bad as you think, but for you, it's really bad. And that could be like the loss of a job or a house or the love of the, the loss of a loved one or a physical thing that's happening to your life or just some other challenges and uh, the things that you feel that like there's no way out, that you feel like you are trapped. And we might think we are the only one, but did you know that the great Apostle Paul, who wrote many books in the New Testament, also and um, knows how it felt? He also was one in once in a situation that he felt he was trapped and he felt there was no way out for him, and that he really was low and and down. When you go to Second Corinthians, let's just read it together. The first chapter of Second Corinthians. Uh, I start with verse three. Paul says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Isn't that amazing that he says that God is the God of all comfort? So if you need some kind of comfort for this or for that, he is the God of all comfort. That's amazing. Even Isaiah, when you go to chapter 51, it says that the Lord says, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die, a son of man who will be made like grass, and that you forget the Lord your maker. Isn't that sometimes the case that we forget about who the Lord is and we are so caught up in our situation, in our circumstances, that that, that we magnify those circumstances. And sometimes they are very real. Okay, let's go on. So God is the God of all comfort. And then he says, who comforts us in all our tribulations, in all our trials? He comforts us in all our tribulation. Well, comfort is a wonderful word. It's the word parakleo, and that word is also used of the Holy Spirit. And it means to encourage you, to strengthen you, to hold you up. But it also means being close and very personal, that you are called to one side. So God is called to your side to help you, to strengthen you, to hold you up. He says in all our tribulation, and that word, that means it's it's a crushing pressure. It's an internal pressure. It is like you feel there's no way of escape and there are no other options. You don't know what to do. 
So when Paul was writing these words, he was suffering immensely, but God comforted him. He stood by him. He was next to him. He gave him the strength he needed to go through the trial successfully. But then you might wonder what was his struggle. Well, let's go. We skip a couple of verses. Come back later. Let's go to verse 8. He says, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia. Isn't that amazing? Paul wanted others to know what he was going through. So when you go through stuff, please share it with others. Tell them what is going on in your life. Don't be quiet. Don't be shy. Don't, don't you think, you know, when you are, I am a Christian, everything should be okay? Well, maybe that was a teaching in the past. I don't know. I've heard it many times that people say, when you are in the will of God, your life should be, go, should be smooth and everything should be work, work out fine and perfectly. And when it doesn't, well, then there maybe there might be some sin in your life. Might be the devil, that could be. Or it might be that you are out of the will of God. So when things happen to us, we think, what is going on? But if that was the case, that there was some sin or that you will, that you are out of the will of God, then Paul was out of the will of God, a big part of his life, right? Because he faced many, many things. So when he says, verse 8, we do not want you to be ignorant, brother, of our trouble, which came to Asia, we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. So he was not sure if he was going to make it. And he says, yes, we had a sentence of death in ourselves. Wow, the word sentence is an interesting word. It was used, or it refers to a jury who had just handed down the final sentence in a court of law. And after all the evidence was presented, the judge had examined all of the, the, the facts. And then the final verdict was issued by the court. And the final verdict was sentenced to death. So by using this word sentence, Paul told, told us there are so many problems were stacked up against him and his companions that to him it seems like there was no escape or even no way to survive. There was just one possibly outcomes and that was death. But we know Paul did not die. He, uh, he fulfilled the will of God in his life. and it, But it looked like it was the end of his life, but it was not. And then Okay, what does it say here when you go on? He said, yes, we have even the sentence of death in ourselves, verse 9, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raised the dead. So he had to, from his focus on what's going on around him, he was, he was centering in and focusing his mind and his thoughts about God, who is the God who raises the dead. Uh, that is amazing. That he knew that... The resurrection power of God was inside of him. And then he says in verse 10, He delivered us from so great a death, does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. So he went back to his life, said, okay, but he did deliver me in the past, right? He did deliver me. There were situations that I thought I couldn't make it, but he did deliver me. And then he does deliver me, even when I'm now in a situation like I feel there's the sentence of death in my life, he will deliver me. And then he will still deliver us as future tense, meaning when there is a situation in my future, I know that God will still deliver, he will still deliver us. And then he said, well, he says, uh, let's go back to the first, uh, let's see, he, verse four, let's go there. I skipped a couple of verses. 
he says, okay, God comforts us in all our tribulation. And then you sometimes wonder why does he allow a lot of those things? He says that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. Wow, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. How can you comfort someone else? How can you be close to a person, uphold that person, strengthen that person when you don't know what it is that the person is going through, when you don't know what he is experiencing? But when you do know, when you've gone through it, we are able to comfort those who are in any trouble. How? With the comfort with we ourselves are comforted by God. Wow. So how was Paul comforted by God? He was comforted by him that he knew, okay, he delivered me in the past. He will deliver me now. He's going to deliver me in the future. And I know there is that resurrection power inside of me. That he who is in me is more than he is in the world, right? So he recognized that he and his thoughts and his mind was on the resurrection power of God. Then he says in verse 8, uh, as we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Isn't that amazing? Which is effective for enduring the same suffering which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Wow. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will partake of the consolation. So many of the things we go through, of course, it's for our personal growth. It's for character building. It's for becoming more like Christ. Absolutely, that's true. But the other thing is that God will use us in the life of others with the, with the comfort that we were comforted by him, the way he helped us in a, that difficult situation that you felt like there is no way out. You can comfort others. You can come alongside other people and you can strengthen them and you can help them. Go to 11, and then Paul says, okay, you also helping together in prayer for us. That thanks may be given. Okay, so they were also helping Paul because he had shared about what was going on in his life, and they were praying for him, and those prayers were helping him. So when you pray, when you know there's someone going through a big, through a, a big ordeal, you know, pray and know that your prayers are effective. Very important. Okay, he even says that in Romans 15, Paul says also the same words. He says, I beg you, brother, that you strive together with in prayer with me to God, that I may be delivered from those in Judea. There were people who were always opposing him. So he says, okay, strive together in prayer with me. And the word I beg you is also an interesting word. That's the same word, parakaleo. So he says, I, I really beg you. I want you to come alongside me. I want you to hold me up and to strengthen me. Get my arm, you know, uh, comfort me, help me. And together, strive with me together in prayer. And that is what we need to do. When you need comfort, uh, you need comfort. Let others know what's going on in your life. They will pray for you and maybe they can strengthen you with the same comfort that the Lord gave them in their situation. So let's be there for one another. I hope it blesses you. If you have any questions, want to know more, please go to our website, cwowi.eu. See you next time. Bye-bye.